everybody. Great to be back with you after taking three weeks of annual leave. Just want to say thank you for that time. It was good. It was refreshing. It was relaxing. Uh, thank you to the parish council who gave me that time off at what is a, a very busy time of year. Uh, thank you to Jimmy and to Sam for filling in the uh, for the tip, the Bible teaching uh, while I was away. Loved what you guys had to say. Love you guys. Um, so yeah, thanks for that. Uh, we're going to start today a brand new teaching series. And I don't know if you can guess uh, what the, the teaching series is about, but that's right. It's a Christmas teaching series. It is Advent. Uh, in case you didn't realize, today is Advent Sunday. Uh, Advent Sunday is always the four, uh, four Sundays before Christmas Day. So today's Advent Sunday, and we're going to be running an Advent series from now up until uh, Christmas Day. Now, I, I, I don't want this the, the beauty, the magnificence of this tree to distract you um, during this sermon. But, uh, oh, by the way, it is our annual parish meeting on Monday night, at 8 o'clock. It'll be on Zoom. Encourage you to be there. And uh, a big portion of the meeting will be looking at the budget for the coming year. And um, so you have to wait and see uh, what the budget looks like, though you can download the budget papers. And I encourage you to do that from our website. Anyway, I'll give you a little hint as to how the budget's shaping up for the coming year, right? A little sneak peek, a little spoiler. Six bucks. Six bucks from the reject shop. That's how the budget's looking for the coming year. All right, so, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's, kind, of a, that's kind of a joke, actually. Look, the, the budget's looking good. You guys have been giving well, so... Thank you for doing that, for continuing to give, even with weird church as it has been. Advent is what we're going to be looking at in the coming weeks. So I'm going to just outline for you where I think we're headed, God willing, from now until Christmas. So today, a little introduction to Advent, to the now and not yetness of Advent. Uh, and then next Sunday, we'll be looking at the a kind of key attribute of Christmas as far as Christians are concerned, uh, and that is that of hope. And then we're going to move on the following week into peace and then joy and finishing up on Christmas Day looking at love. And all of these are kind of key attributes or attitudes uh, that Christians ought to have when it comes to Christmas. So we're going to be diving into that. Our own little Christmas tradition here at Red Door is that we take the final Sunday after Christmas off, give you guys, give everyone uh, a break. And so we'll be coming back for our first Sunday after Christmas on January 3rd. So that gives you nine days break between services rather than seven. You're welcome. That's where we're heading uh, when it comes to Advent. And so I want to do a little introduction to what Advent is all about because I don't know about you, but I just never got into Advent. I just can't remember a time when I was, you know, excited because it was Advent time. And it wasn't because I didn't know what Advent was. I, I grew up going to an Anglican church where 
we did the the church calendar we did the liturgical calendar right so depending on the time of year the season that the, the church calendar would dictate like what color the candles were up on the 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 communion table what color the the robes were that the clergy were wearing what color the tablecloth was like this would change from season to season and advent was a big thing four sundays before christmas but i think the real reason i never got into it was because if you're a kid advent is really about one thing and 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 that is chocolate okay or at least some form of sweet and the advent calendar is the kind of the the centerpiece of ad the advent season and so when i was a kid i never enjoyed lollies never got into chocolates the last time i ate a I don't know, Mars bar was 1994 and uh, I earned a name for myself. I remember in grade two, I earned a name for myself because I went to a kid's birthday party and as they were dishing out the cake, I said, could I please have an apple, right? So that was just my, my neuroses and I think it meant that I never got into Advent. But what I've learned more recently is that Advent isn't about chocolate. It's, it's like Easter all over again. It's not actually about chocolate and i know this is going to come to a shock to some of you and i know it's going to bitterly disappoint people like ali veal who, who really who, whose fundamental purpose in life is getting more chocolate but advent in fact is not about that advent it turns out is all about jesus and specifically it's about jesus first and second comings so the word advent uh, we get it from the latin word adventus and that comes from the Greek word, translated from, from the Greek word parousia. Now, that Greek word parousia is actually in the Bible, and it, it means coming. Uh, and it refers, Christians refer to it, the parousia as Jesus' first coming at Christmas time, and his second coming uh, whenever he comes back again to make all things new and all things right. And so Advent was about the, celebrating the comings of Jesus his first coming in, in, a, in a stable in Bethlehem, his second coming uh, to make all things new. And so that's what Advent is all about. It's all about the first and the second comings of Jesus. Now, from history, we know that Christians pretty much always celebrated Advent, not with chocolates, not with calendars, but with worship. Uh, they celebrated the first and the second coming of Jesus from the beginning, really from the first days of the church. But we can track through church history where Advent became really important. So in 380, the year 380, so the, the fourth century AD, uh, there was this council, the Council of Zaragoza in, in Spain. And the reason they held that council was because there was this growing popularity for this teaching that was a, a Gnostic form of Christianity. And, and the Gnostic form of Christianity uh, really um, imported all of these Greek ph philosophical ideas into the gospel. And they made the gospel kind of this thing that 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 prized the spiritual, the immaterial, and condemned the physical, the corporeal, the the body, the the earth creation, and and so obviously that teaching is is massively at odds with with Jewish understanding of God and creation as well as the Christian understanding, 
And so this council at Zaragoza was put together to, to kind of do battle against this Gnostic teaching, this heresy. And so for them, you can see why it was really important that they emphasized the, uh, the first and second comings of Jesus, the advent the parousia, because in looking at the first and second comings of Jesus, they could affirm the goodness of creation, the goodness of the body. Jesus came incarnate into a body, and he is coming again in a body, and he is going to remake the world in the flesh. And so this became a really useful weapon for them as they tried to work against this heresy of of Gnosticism. So that's the, the Council of Zaragoza, 380. Then the, the, the church calendar starts to adopt this idea of Advent, Advent much more in the 8th and 9th century. So you have established church liturgical uh, traditions at this point, and in the 8th and 9th century, Advent became a really important thing. The fourth Sunday before Christmas uh, and and Advent running through to Christmas Eve itself, that was around the, the, the 8th and the 9th century. It's then you, you have uh, carols being written about Advent. You've got like the carol, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Um, that was written in, like 1,200 years ago as this idea of Advent was becoming more and more important for the people of the church. And so what I think Advent does for us today, um, irrespective of whether you come from a liturgical tradition like our Anglican tradition or, or a non-liturgical, the Advent, I think the, the real purpose of Advent for us, the real um, practical benefit for us is that it taps into something very deep within us. I think it, it taps into this longing that we all have, this longing for what is to come, this sense we have that things as they are aren't as they should be. And that's where this idea of the now and the not yet comes into into play and this is where it links in with the advent emphasis on the first coming and the second coming of Jesus because here's how it works we celebrate we delight in the fact that Jesus came in the flesh at Christmas that's a beautiful thing to celebrate that God gave his son uh, his only begotten son right that he gave him not only on the cross but in the flesh in the first place that God himself would condescend in that way that he would humble himself in that way as Philippians chapter 2 says to take on flesh to become a person and and that is to be celebrated but we also have this sense that even though we enjoy this abundant life in Jesus in the here and now we have this sense that things are lacking we long for that which is yet to come Though we delight in the first parousia, we delight in the first adventus, right? We delight in the first coming. We know that nothing's going to be complete until the second coming. So we live in this now and not yet tension. We, we're always looking for that day when Jesus will come back to us. Only then will we be, will we be able to be complete in any sense. I made the mistake yesterday of, uh, you can judge for yourself whether it's a mistake or not, but I, I was thinking about this and thinking about what are the kinds of things, um, experiences that elicit this sense of longing in us. And 
Uh, and I, I, I went to YouTube, uh, which is really the answer to most of life's quandaries. And um, the reason I went to YouTube was because I've got this problem that you might, you might be familiar with uh, about me, which is this, this deficiency, this disability, this uh, inability to cry. And this, this, this is very evident uh, during periods of time or events or situations where it's, it's like it's really appropriate that I should be crying. In fact, it's kind of inappropriate that I'm not uh, and I just can't, it just doesn't happen. And I've got this theory that God gives you an, a certain number of tears to shed in your life and I just used all mine up as a kid. Right, I was a big crier as a kid, uh, uh, particularly uh, in my primary school years. I, and I think I just cried out all my tears. There's not much left. One thing that elicits tears from me without fail is uh, this, this thing I did yesterday where I go onto YouTube and I search for um, where, where people have taken video of military service men and women returning home and surprising their families. And so this is big in the United States where you've got a lot of people serving over, uh, particularly in the Middle East, coming home, coming into the, the school assembly or whatever. And, uh, well, actually, I'm going to see if I can get a clip to show you right now, okay? And you can just see if you can not cry looking at this. All right, here we go. Why does that get the old waterworks going for me? Why does that get me crying so much? I think it's because, well, first of all, it's beautiful. Uh, second of all, I think it's because it taps into this sense that we are all longing for, awaiting the, the day when Jesus will come back to us. That life will not be complete until that day comes. And in the meantime, we live in this tension. It's a constant tension between loving the life that we've been given and delighting in the relationship we have with God as his children and also longing for that which is yet to come. C.S. Lewis tapped into this idea uh, in his awesome book, uh, Mere Christianity. He said, If I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world.
And this is, I think that's what he's tapping into, this idea that until we are made new, until we are given bodies that can never decay, until we are ultimately restored in the creation that God intended from the beginning, until that such time as God consumes and consummates his plan for all eternity until we are part of that wrapped up in perfection the perfection that he intended from the beginning until that day we will yearn we will long we will live in attention and experience life as in some sense ambiguous give you a couple of passages that I think speak to this truth. And I think the best one is in Romans 8. Uh, Most of the best stuff in the Bible is in Romans 8. Uh, But uh, Romans 8 verses 16 to 23, just see if you can catch the the now and not yetness of this passage. It says, The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children and if children also heirs of god and co-heirs with christ if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him for i consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us for the creation eagerly waits with anticipation For God's sons to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in the hope that the creation itself will also be set free from the bondage to decay into the glorious freedom of God's children. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with labor pains until now. Not only that, But we ourselves, who have the Spirit as the first fruits, we also groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Do you see that? There's this, yes, we are God's children now. We have been redeemed. We have been saved. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's like that's the first advent at play. But but also we groan along with all of creation for the revelation of Jesus himself, right? For the consummation and restoration of all things. We groan inwardly until that day comes, the second advent. And so we live in this now and not yet reality where things cannot be satisfied. The reason that, that, that everyone from the Rolling Stones through to you today can't get no satisfaction, like the reason that King Solomon wrote in the book of Ecclesiastes that nothing could satisfy him, uh, the reason that is true of our experience is because it's true in reality. We can't be satisfied in the first advent advent those desires can't be met fully until the second advent and that's what advent is all about it's about priming us it's about preparing us to be ready not only to celebrate the first coming but to look for the second one there's another passage where i think this comes 
fairly clearly through and that's from 1 John chapter 3 verse 1 to 2 he says see what great love the father has given us that we should be called God's children and we are the reason the world does not know us is that it didn't know him dear friends we are God's children now and what we will be has not yet been revealed it's now and it's not yet. And I just think this makes perfect sense, both of our, our, our deep longing that all of us have. I believe Christians as well as like just everyone on earth has this deep longing for something more. This deep longing and, and notion that, that this is not, life is not as it should be. And perhaps it can't be until something greater happens. Christians know that that reality is that we have, we are God's children now, but what we will be has not yet been revealed. And that revelation will be something so much more glorious than anything we could ever hope for or imagine in this current life. So it taps into that sense of longing. It also taps into and makes sense of just the ambiguity of life, the tension that we feel in life. That life is neither just completely, utterly hopeless and, and neither is it paradise. Like we're stuck between two advents. We live in the now and not yet. It's a, it makes sense of the tension of this life. And I think churches and, and Christian traditions have fallen between these two things over and again they've they've well they've, they've they've gone to either extreme and not lived in the ambiguity in the middle right they've they've either seen life as this kind of prison from which they hope to escape one day into a, a paradise that will kind of make it all worth it or they've seen this life as as sort of promising to deliver on every one of our hopes and dreams and just you know like happy clappy beer and skittles kind of living which it, it never delivers on and you see this uh, you see this play out in different church traditions and i hope that we don't fall into either one of these but it's a constant battle not to like you have some church traditions where everything is just so morose it's a great word morose everything is monochrome everything is just blanketed in shadow it's always gray skies right and 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 this life is just something that you need to get to you'll get through so that you can get to heaven where everything's going to be so much better and you can this is reflected in the kinds of songs we sing all right so you have people at these churches are always singing hymns that sound something like uh oh god this Life is moderately enjoyable. We praise you for that. Or something like that. Right? Their, their, their songs reflect their outlook. Life is just something to kind of grind through. Then you have, at the other end of the spectrum, you have these Christians and Christian traditions where everything is just is fake. Everything is facade. 
everything is you know, like if to be a Christian is to be happy all the time and so you've got to just plaster on this smile and every time you walk into church you better be you know feeling really good about life and 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 and, and life is just one amazing experience followed after another and even if life kind of tricks you for a moment and you end up going through a divorce or your 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 best friend dies of cancer then you know even then life is good right because we're more than conquerors and um you know my, my, they, the songs they sing are like um uh i've got that joy 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 down in my heart where down in my heart where down in my right and so even if you're not feeling it you've got to convince people and maybe god himself that really deep down you're very very happy uh, and the truth is that life is neither one of those things. That life is lived in the middle somewhere. That it, there's ambiguity. That, there, that we live between the first and the second Advent. And so I pray that this Advent series that we're going to teach through, looking at hope, peace, joy, love, um, we're going to be looking at those things, those attitudes, those experiences through the lens of the now and not yet, because that's the only one we've got, right? We're going to see reasons why we should have hope, peace, joy, and love. We're also going to look at the reasons why we don't always experience those things, and we don't experience them in their fullness at all, uh, but also why we can have hope that, that one day those things will be made, will be made new will be made whole. We're going to look at ways that we can actually cultivate those attitudes, those attributes of Christmas as we approach Christmas Day. And hopefully, God willing, we will be all the time preparing ourselves to really celebrate the first Advent, Christmas morning, and the second Advent, which is to come. All right. That's all I got. Uh, I really encourage you to keep tuning in Sunday to Sunday as we follow along in this series. As it is, I would love to pray for us, words of blessing over us as we go today. So friends, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, even in the midst of ambiguity, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit be among us and remain with us always. Amen. Love you guys.